Welcome back to another episode of the Crossover Podcast. We have an awesome episode in store for you guys today. Uh, we're sitting down with NFL wide receiver, model, and entrepreneur Marcus Peterson. Marcus, it's such a pleasure to have you. How are you doing, man? Good. Thank you guys for having me. For sure. So I know we're, we have a little bit of a short time window here, so I want to get right into it. So do you want to tell us about your brand? I want to know how you got the inspiration for this idea. Yeah, so after undergrad, after undergrad, I went to uh, school in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Excuse me, that's where I went to uh, undergrad. And then after that, I didn't get drafted or anything, but I had a workout with the, uh, the Cleveland Browns. So after that, I didn't get signed, but I had some great reviews from there. So I had to go get some film. And what I did was I got an opportunity to move to where I was playing and also uh, getting my MBA global business finance but my main goal was to go out there and you know establish more of a personal brand and also like an international brand as well so not just to be known for like you know just in a small LA market but what I did was after I did that for a full year and I was able to travel and network and things of that nature um, I wanted to become more of because I knew that you know selling and personal branding was so huge so after I got more insight from from uh, Jacksonville and the Chargers. I knew that, you know, clothing line was a big thing. So I met with uh, David Messler, who he's like a huge entrepreneur out here. So we did like a playbook podcast and I launched it uh, on there. And that was about a month before I signed with the Chargers. But I waited because I knew timing was everything. So I wanted to come out with three personal brands. Mantras was like 100% focus on plan A, prove yourself right, and also stay persistent. So it's been going pretty well. And those are the like the inspirational mantras that helped me out. Like 100% focus on plan A and my plan A was to make it to you know the, the NFL. And then staying persistent where you know I didn't get invited to the combine or or you know get drafted or anything, but I stayed persistent of going to another country or getting more film and just you know staying persistent. Within those year, that year and a half from undergrad, postgrad to the NFL, and also proving myself right of understanding that you know naysayers might say some things and uh, people might not believe in you, but once you channel channel that energy and proving yourself right, you know like it just makes everything worthwhile and it just takes your energy and your possibilities for your goals to the next level. Well, that's what it did for me. For sure. So. Why did you choose to go to the UK for business school? Uh, yeah, so basically with that, um, so after the Browns, I had, after the workout, they said I did really good. Um, I just needed to get more film. And I was working here at USC after um, just like a summer job here at USC, which is University of Southern California. Just like a little uh, leasing consulting job. And I was going to get fired from there. And then it was just like, you know, I need to do something. So I got a Facebook message, and there was an opportunity from a coach. And I didn't know that they had football overseas. Obviously, when I was younger, I heard of, like, NFL Europe. But I had a good friend that graduated before me who went to the same school as me, and he went to Germany and played. So that's the only reason why I understood that there was football in Europe. Oh, wow. so, um, so I got a Facebook midnight here. Was, do you want to come play here? But the only thing is, if you play, you have to – Go, go to school. So since you just finished your undergrad, you had to. So I was like, you know, I've never been to England. I, you know, obviously wanted to get my postgraduate, might as well at age 24. 
And uh, it was just a new, new chapter. And I like new chapters. I like being the new kid. I like new experiences. For sure. How was your, uh, how was it transitioning to playing American ball to uh, UK ball? It was very humbling. It was different because the culture is way different. I, I'd measure it to the way we treat football, excuse me, yeah, American football here and there would be how we would treat soccer here in America versus in Europe. Like in Europe, they eat, breathe, sleep like soccer is a religion. You know, there's such a huge thing because it's like passed on generations of, you know, talent and things of that nature. So I'd say it's comparable to that as far as like taking it serious because it's a new sport for some of the guys in the UK. Like it's more of a hobby. You know, you see it on TV, things of that nature. So they try it. But here it's more of a, we love the competitiveness and we understand that the sport has been around for so long. Were you playing at the same time as you were studying? Like, would you play during the day, study at night? Or how did that work? How did you balance work and, and classes? Yeah, how I went, I think we we practiced maybe twice a week. Played on, we played on Saturday morning. Okay. So, yeah, we played on Saturday morning. So we practiced maybe Tuesday, Thursday and then play Saturday. Well, like regular colleges, you know, you, you go to class, you go to practice, go to class, go to practice. There it was just like, because, you know, obviously people had jobs, and it was more of a hobby thing than an actual. So uh, I still was able to, like, work out and train. And I had a job as well, too, because I was on a, a, a visa as well. So it was very humbling, like, and juggling, like, when it comes to, like, working and doing the masters all in its own, like, I don't care what you do, who you're doing. Like once you're doing the masters, like that should take all your time because it's so hard. But to do that, play football, and then like my main goal was to have a certain marker of like yards, catches, touchdowns. So that was the biggest thing because I knew going to like that type of environment, my numbers had to be out out of the roof, you know. So did you see yourself getting into apparel uh, even without a career in professional football? Or no, so I. I didn't think of this idea until I signed with the Chargers in July 2018. I think it clicked. Maybe the idea started to click in April. Um, and I started to network and watch so many of these videos uh, and see how branding and just more on the self-educational part. Because once I went overseas, like it enlightened my, my brain expanded so much that all I wanted to do was learn, you know? So when you say when you say April, you mean April twenty eighteen or this yeah, past yeah, April? Yeah. 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 So, April two thousand eighteen. So, so you hadn't graduated yet then? No, I graduated December two thousand seventeen. Oh. So okay, that's when oh, gotcha. I came back home. Gotcha, gotcha. Angeles. Yeah, I came back home to Los Angeles and that's when it started hitting me. Because I didn't want it to be like a mom and pop because everybody has a clothing line like, you know, that your friends wear, your auntie, your mom, whatever. But I didn't want something just like a fly by night thing. But I knew timing was of the essence. And I just had a, a really inkling. I had a real good inkling and like a feeling and belief that, you know, God was going to bless me with opportunity for one of the NFL teams. Um, and I just knew timing was so key. So I didn't want to do it prematurely because like in business, timing is everything. If you do something too late or too soon, it can mess up the whole culture of what it represents. So I didn't launch it until the day after I signed. So obviously with the whole exposure of 
the NFL's exposure, now my international market exposure, um, people all over, you know. So I, I, I did that strategically, and it worked out perfectly. But I'm so if I would have did it when I wanted to in, like, June or something like that, it wouldn't have worked. How do you do? Uh, how do you do balancing out both right now? Time management. I learned time management. Like everything that I've been through is like gearing me for the next level. Like I remember the first time when I was an undergrad, I was doing track, football, working, and doing eighteen credits. And I knew after that, if I got through that, then uh, I could do anything. And then once I did that, and I did time management when I went to uh, lived in the UK because that's a whole new country. So I had to learn on like fast and thrown in the pool so like living in a whole new country is a like vacationing and living is like two different platforms so having to juggle traveling the nba like time management was ridiculous i had to like uh, time my showers my naps my lunch like it was ridiculous but once i learned the importance of time and time management i knew like i could do anything so it's like you have 24 hours. Like, I learned that it's not no such thing as, like, night and day. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's 24 hours. So I bought, like, I, I for now, like, in the mornings, um, especially during this quarantine in the mornings, I dedicate myself to, like, yoga and working out things of that nature. Then I eat, take a nap, rest, uh, relax my brain, read, whatever, recover, and then do all the things, like the framework when it comes to you know, different, the different business ventures I have now. But with the clothing line, I don't have to do too, too, too much now because the message is so already out there. And, you know, you have social media and just I'm attacking LinkedIn. Um, and then just like having that that now of a global brand um, and recognition, it's not really what I have to do too much now rather than what I had to do two years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that makes sense. First of all, when did you st- like, kind of gain this work ethic? Like, did you, do you feel like you always had her, or do you think that it's something that you had to teach yourself? No, I think I always say uh, life is the greatest teacher. Um, I mean, obviously, you learn from your parents, your teachers, blah, 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 but uh, experience in life is like the biggest thing. I think uh, going off to college, um, being on your own is like the biggest thing because it's like you have to compete against so many different players. You still got to get your education. You still got to work. You know what I mean? You got to learn new people. Uh, so I think just once I turned 18, I went off to college and like seeing other people doing the same thing I was doing as far as grinding and sleeping on couches and just like taking mediocre jobs and stuff like that. So I think just as time and life progress, you just kind of learn that way. Right. Who, who are some of those people who inspired you? Uh, celebrity-wise, I would probably, I've always looked up to Mark Cuban and, uh, Sean Combs because, and also Ralph Lauren, because they're not just a one niche. I've always liked how, excuse me, Michael Jordan, Shaq, um, because, you know, you start off, Magic Johnson, you start off at one pillar of, like, let's say you're a painter or a carpenter or David Beckham. He started off as soccer, right? And then he branched into modeling and branched off into, um, I think, architect and then entrepreneur. So it just I've always liked that. And I knew that, you know, football was not always going to be guaranteed or was always going to last as long. Because, like, growing up, I used to see guys, like, they make it to the league for about a year and a half, whatever, but don't have any other passions. So two, three years go by, like, fast. 
and now they're back to square one. So seeing that, I knew that I wanted to use that platform to build me to reach other pillars. Like when you see guys that play all these, like <clears throat> play for a long time and then they go into newscasting or they go into acting or they go. So using that platform that they have when they build from when their temperature was hot and then using it for a different thing. So I use the same methods. So did you know you wanted to model your own line before it began or did that just happen naturally? Honestly, no, it was just, and in all due respect, obviously, like that's how life works and that's how business works. But um, the NFL brought so much uh, to the table. So that was basically really what it was because like I tried to have so many meetings before and, you know, you just couldn't connect with those certain type of people. But then once, you know, I made it to the NFL, then like every door was open, like absolutely every door. So, you know, I didn't, couldn't be bitter about it or, you know, have any type of uh, remorse or anything like that, but just taking it, knowing what it is and using it while your temperature is hot. So uh, literally every meeting, handout, contact, whatever, using that and bettering it for myself. So that's honestly what it was. Once I uh, signed with the Chargers, then, you know, LA Models reached out and then I signed with them probably a week later and then using my apparel to model and things of that nature. But the thing was for my brand, it was the original demographic was for like high school and college players that were going through what I was going through, being told they couldn't, they weren't good enough, things of that nature. But then as soon as I launched it, the demographic switched and the target market switched to, you know, single mothers, doctors, people who've never heard of sport, men, women, children of all ages. So I had to like adjust Quickly, so. You're in Cali. You're from Cali, right? Originally, yeah, born and raised. Yeah, here in Los Angeles. Wow, you you made out pretty good. You had a one one stint in um UK, and you're back home doing your brand. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, so, so that was like, the beauty of it. Uh, going being in LA, how much different is it from uh your hometown, or is it familiar with you? Like, have you been there your whole life, or you just yeah, I've been, there, I've been here my whole life. So like all high school, then I went to school in Pittsburgh, then London, and then like playing football, and, like. Iowa and Texas, but my main location has been here in Los Angeles. How was your, you said Pittsburgh, right? How was your Dow yeah. chain? Uh, it was different because it was my first time obviously seeing, seeing snow. Um, <laughs> the different cultures of people when it comes to mindsets, politics, religion, upbringings, um, ethnicities. Like, it was just literally a total 180 from you know the diversity here you know here in los angeles and yeah. even like the the climate diversity uh this very grassland up there where i was in pittsburgh nothing um, this is nothing but cornfields right it's, yeah. terrible. it's terrible especially driving through pennsylvania you see nothing it's the worst it's, it's dark at night too here it's like pretty light but like yeah you gotta, it's extremely dark in the midwest and, the East Coast. and it's cold 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 yeah. cold Ugh. Yeah, literally, it was it was it was a shocker. But um, you know, I made friends, and I like I said, I adjust to new things. But it was it was super different. I think, and that's what made me okay with going to another country because I already did it for four years. You know, yeah. So, like if I, it, it would be different if I didn't move anywhere from Los Angeles and then trying to go to another country. Then it would have been harder. But for me, going to like Kansas to Pittsburgh, then it, it was it was you know. Yeah. I uh, I spent a, a semester in London in college, and 
everyone told me that it was going to be gray all the time and I didn't really believe them. And then once you go, you realize it's constantly cloudy, constantly raining, constantly gray. It's kind of depressing. <laughs> yeah, I think out of what, 52 weeks, I mean, you might get four weeks of sun, maybe. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Everything, otherwise, it's the best city. Yeah, like the, it was. it was different because being from here, everyone is like, very showy um, entitlement, you know, different here. But I feel like in the UK, everything was just chill, original, organic, just like an everyday life, simple. Yeah, I, th- I think there's kind of like a, a common misconception that London is super similar to New York, let's say. Really, it's it's really more similar to Europe. It, it's not it's, it's not like America. It's an entirely different culture. But it's it's awesome. It's an awesome city. No one goes there and doesn't like it. Yeah. You travel a lot when you were when you were there too. Yeah, I was uh, fortunate to go uh, a lot of different places. You have a when favorite? There, my favorite was probably Monaco. Nice. Oh wow! Yeah, nice. it was it was like God's coloring book. Like it was so pretty. <laughs> like it's, it was something like you see out of a movie. It looked more like edit it if that makes sense but that was like gorgeous but i've been to a lot of places i was fortunate enough to go did you uh, get into soccer while you were there i tried i i went to barcelona for a, a stadium visit nice yeah really nice camp new it was like like soccer has no comparison when it comes to any other sport like when it comes to like baseball basketball because like when i went you could see history from the 1800s you know what i mean like yeah. It was, they had historic facts about everything and it was like such a huge stadium and it brought so many different type of people. Just like the Great Wall of China, how it's such a monumental landmark. Those are how soccer stadiums are, you know, in Europe. And they take it so seriously. I I was able to go to one game and I kind of kicked the ball around here and there, but I never got into it like that. Not a watcher? I mean, you had to, you had to. So, I mean, I didn't watch it like I turned it on, but I'd see it, you know, several times. So, growing up in L.A., did you, uh, you know, root for the Dodgers, uh, Lakers? Uh, I'm not a, really a baseball fan, but I always was def- always Laker fan, for sure. Always Laker, Laker fan. Um, ever since birth. Now, uh, I'm a Clipper fan. So really? To be right? They're coming to your hometown. Yeah, ever since LeBron came, I became a Clipper fan. <laughs> wow are, are you anti-lebron yeah i don't think you can you can't be kobe and lebron so <laughs> wow my I'm god state, well, i love golden state but now i'm Clipper. wow oh, my god we're on the same um, wavelengths here let's go okay so, so what about music wise like are you a kendrick guy strictly west coast guy or no so i when it comes to music i'm very diverse and i've always been like that my dad is into music but I've always had a sense of a music tone. I love, I can go from rap to jazz to anything. My favorite artist, artist, artist of all time would be Sade. But I think I don't discriminate versus East Coast, West Coast type thing. I love music from Detroit, uh, Africa, Jamaica, um, yeah. West India, everywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I feel the same way. I never got the, uh, the East Coast, West Coast differentiation. I mean, East Coast, you know, Atlanta, Texas, they all have some really good music, especially here in the West Coast. It's more of a mood thing, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. what am I feeling like now? 
Do you feel like the vibe from Pittsburgh? I know Pittsburgh is not really on the coast, but Pittsburgh versus LA, like, is the vibe different? Just the general mood? Yeah, it's more. It's I'd say it's probably like two years behind, or when it, it was when I was there. As far as like music wise, just culture, originality, it was just behind, you know. What do you What do you mean when you say culture? Uh, just swagger and just mindsets. Like I remember, uh, I think I was eighteen or nineteen. I think I was a sophomore, and it was really different because like I was in the suburbs of Pittsburgh, and I remember this this one girl, this white girl. She came. She said uh, she wasn't racist or anything. She was like, "This is the first time I ever seen African Americans in real life." What? Yeah, and she was what eighteen, nineteen. So like wow. and that 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 that, 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 that was a that wasn't like the only one because where I went to school was like ninety percent, you know, Caucasian. So. It was, that's, it was it was such a huge drastic difference uh, when because like here in LA it's like a, a bunch of different you know diverse cultures like a melting pot just like in New York and Miami but as far as like music wise uh, dancing food food was okay but it's not that many cultures to have different types of foods if that makes sense I feel like it's just like real like American food like burgers dogs French fries pizza yeah like, very like yeah 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 it didn't have like the diversity of different. See, like here in LA, you got people of all over. So you got people who want to eat healthy, they can eat this, can eat that. So like you have to have those type of. Did you get a chance to go to any concerts overseas? Yes, and it's crazy because the first time I went to the O2, which is like the Staples Center in London, uh, I went to go see Drake. Nice. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Like crazy. I seen uh, they had a festival which is called uh, Nottingham Festival, which is like a carnival. Yeah, different like Afrobeat artists and um, UK artists, stuff like that. But it was like I, I I can live in London for sure. Like the culture was like ridiculous. There's something for everyone in London. For everyone, literally. So what's the difference between live concerts there and here? Do you like it better there? Or? It's the same. Uh, as far as energy, maybe more energy. More energy over there. Uh, maybe on the artist because it could be a lot of energy here but uh, maybe just like the artist I think they treat an American artist a little better than American artists in America if that makes sense interesting yeah so I know like ASAP Rocky he thrives overseas more than yeah. here the crowds are so much bigger overseas too they got the venues and stuff are just massive yeah, unfortunately, not anymore. Or the next two years. Yeah, that's just, how. How's everything holding up with you during this stuff? Good man. Uh, just been getting you know my mindset right. Still training and things like that, but resting, uh, hanging out with family, and just getting the peace of mind. But everything, I have no complaints. Honestly, it's kind of been like the best time for me. Yeah. What's your honest opinion about the season? Do you think it's going to happen or? Uh, it's hard to tell because it's like, here's the thing, it's, there's no there's no cure, you know what I mean? So it's like, you can recover or whatever for 14 days, but they're not telling you how to recover, they just, I guess, sit at home or whatever. But it's like, you can still get it again, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, they're, they're not stopping the season for flus and stuff like that, but this is just a new strand of a virus that is unattainable. So, and, and I don't know, man. I don't know. So, You're supposed to be in camp right now, right? 
Isn't this camp time? Not yet. It's more OTAs, like mandatory OTAs. Mm-hmm. But damn near. Damn near. Did you see the masks that Oakley came out with, the prototype? Uh, that- no, I did not. So it came out that all 32 teams are testing out these Oakley things. It's like the visor, but it also goes down all the way with like six holes. Yeah, what is, what is the point of that? Like, if there's holes, then why? Yeah, because the virus, you can't see. It's too microscopic. Like, you can't see a virus. And nah. especially, that's the thing with football, too. It's kind of like UFC. I don't know if they're still fighting or whatever, but like, you're really like spitting on each other and you know what I mean? Sweating. So once you get tackled and knocked down, though that virus and those feces and stuff like that and just infections are still on the field. I yeah. mean, you can't see it, but like a football field is like really probably the nastiest place ever. So, <laughs> uh, how how do you feel about that? You could tackle someone, you could catch a ball, you could do everything in football, but you can't swap a jersey with. Afterwards, <laughs> how does right. that even make sense? You can bleed, and you, yeah, it doesn't. Because then, yeah, it's worse. Because you, if you like running back scrapes his arm and gets like infections or staff, whatever, yeah. but you can't like swap. I don't know. They're gonna change it. I hope they do. That's one of the best parts of the game. In the locker room, because everybody's locker room was kind of like in the same vicinity. So mm-hmm. you probably walk and like meet him after the game. Marcus, I'm not sure if you agree with me or not, but I'm kind of like I miss sports. I miss him a lot, but I'm kind of more so like. It, what happens if, like, all these guys get it? Are we going to have a season next year? Like, what's going to happen? Would I rather sacrifice? It's not going to be pretty, I'll tell you what. Because it's not let, – let's take out the sports. If Let's say if everyone gets it. Mm-hmm. You, got, you got five people. Five people have it. Five people have families. Now 20 people have it. Yeah. Those 20 people go to school or work. Now 50 people have it. So it's like it, – it's too – I don't know. I think the thing with football is like basketball, um, you got 12 guys, five guys, so it's kind of limited. But with football, they it's like the turnover in football because everybody's getting cut and, and interchanged every day. So it's like – In and out of the building. In and out of the building. It's, there's literally a new human being in the NFL stadium and an office every day, guaranteed, yeah. 365. And that's a lot. And, like, to think, like, you're more so worried about, like, the, like you said, these people have families and everything. So, like, what happens when they can't see their family because they have to quarantine now or they can't see their teammates? It's, it doesn't seem like it's almost realistic. I want it to happen. It's, it's God knows not realistic. But here's the thing, and what I've learned living in the um, year versus here, America is so small, but America is built off of economic growth and empowerment. So even what the president said, like, some people got to die then ready to get the economy so everything is like economy driven that's why they're like been pushing for the nba because they you lose so much revenue not having so like owners and and, and corporations they're not hearing the take time off because every time they take days off they're losing masses of masses of money so it's kind of hard i was gonna say it's interesting that you bring up the nba because i think the nba is gonna be the, the guinea pig basically to see if this can work because they have the oh, bubble they have a league right now it's called tbt i've been watching it's like a yeah, basketball thing. yeah so if they can do it i know for sure nba can do it yeah but it's hard the nfl is harder there's there's you know exactly and there's so many more people per team you know nba you just have have a 12-man roster 
and I don't know, maybe five to 10 coaches. NFL, you have like 50 to 60 to 75 guys on the, on the field for one team. Way more than that, because if you if camp starts, let's say camp starts July 25th, right? And you got 91 guys, 92, 91 guys from July 25th to September 1st when they make those cuts. There's been maybe 200 guys on that roster. It's a lot. In a month. Because almost, people are getting hurt, people are getting worked out. So it's not just it's not just ninety or fifty some guys. So that's the scariest part about this whole thing. Mm-hmm. That all that that camp because you need to have because it's not like the old times where they went from ninety to seventy five to fifty three. Nah, yeah, no, yeah. Ninety to the cut. So like all these people, especially in the locker room too. How are you going to spread up all these guys in the locker room? Fuck no. And then and not even that. It's like. I heard, like, because um, of Dory Jackson, he plays for um, Tennessee Titans. And I'm hearing they're not even having, like, uh, hotels. You know, you stay in hotels or whatever. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but uh, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go. Did you guys see the uh, – I don't know her name, but there was an Instagram model who tweeted – Something like, I already got asked to come to the bubble. There's no way this season is lasting. It <laughs> isn't getting cut short. <laughs> yeah, she, she's from out here. She's uh... a... <laughs> That's probably JR's girl. That's probably J- one of JR's girls. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But I know exactly who that is. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, there's not, like, the, I, I think, who said it? Stephen A. Smith said it, like, there's no way these guys are being deprived for, what, to October? So they're going to find ways. You know, girls are, I don't know, but... They got testosterone. They got their males. You know what I mean? Like they're gonna do what they have to do. It's it's. You're right. Stephen A. Smith said it the best. This is gonna be like a three month thing. There ain't no way in hell they ain't gonna do this. So yeah, one guy went to go like get over eats, like pick up something like outside of the radius, and now he's got a quarantine for ten days. Get the fuck out! Sorry, so get out of here, bro. Come on, ten days. Yeah, like so. Imagine you go onto your driveway and you're picking up something, and it's like, oh nope, ten days. 10 days. Uh, so that's what does that happen? What does that happen with a guy in camp now? Sorry to go back to football, but when a guy in camp, what if a guy in camp gets it? Now you got to, everyone's going to quarantine on a team. I mean that, like you said, I think it's going to be a real mess. Dude, I, I know as much as you know, because like scientifically it's not going to make sense because let's say if a corner gets it, that means all receivers need to be tested. So it, 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 it I don't know, man. Best of luck to you do it, bro. The, ex- the experts are going to figure it out. But i tell you what, uh, not even on a sports level, uh, predicting, unfortunately, the next, the last six months is going to be a little more difficult than the first. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah, I agree with you. I think what makes you say that? Just economically, uh, politically, mental health-wise, I don't, I don't see it being any better. Because now it's election time, uh, economic, because if you had a second wave, it, it's just... It doesn't seem feasible to ha- be any better. To me, it doesn't. Because now you're mixing COVID with flu season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now you're going to be like, do I have COVID or do I have the flu? It's, it, I don't know, man. I just, just really got to stay prayed up and just ask God for just healing and help and just staying out the way. But... Other than that, you know, we should be fine. Yeah, I mean, we're probably not going to return to full normalcy until after there's a vaccine. And even then, probably it's going to, there's going to be 
kind of longer lasting consequences for the next year. Yeah, I don't see a lot of people taking the vaccine because of what the flu shot does. And just as people educate themselves more, I don't see it getting back to normalcy till maybe 2022. Yeah. And then we'll see. By then, they'll have a whole different pattern. Like, you know, when Uber came out, iPhone came out, Netflix came out, it's going to be like a different world, you know? Yeah, it's completely disrupting everything, 100%. Yeah. Has COVID had any impact on your clothing line? A great impact, to be honest, because everybody's on their phone or their computer. Yeah. It's just been promotion of, you know, LinkedIn, word of mouth. So I've generated, because it goes up and down when it comes to e-commerce. Sure. But the first six months, uh, the first... The last six months has really been really good from for me in all aspects. So, especially when it comes to my clothing line, because all I do, you know, is self promote or like have word of mouth things of that nature. Who can resonate with what the brand represents? And for me, it's like a click of a button. For everybody, it's a click of a button. For sure, I'm gonna buy something tonight. I'm oh, in. And it's not, <laughs> it's not like because everybody has shorts, shirt. Every you, you can have whatever. But it's the message that resonates with everyone because it's like, as you're brushing your teeth, like I get like 50 messages almost all the time. Like I probably get like 20 messages a day of inspirational messages of how certain things has helped them. And globally, like I went today, I shipped um, merchandise to Jerusalem. Like that was my first time in Jerusalem. Uh, so it's, it's international, but that was my first time in Jerusalem. So that was very humbling. So that's definitely humbling. It's like a different different feeling it has to be like. Yeah. I mean, like, it, it definitely have hit other countries, but, like, as far as, like, Jerusalem itself, to me, that was more of a humbling to see, like, how vast internet and a word can spread in today's time, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How quickly, too. Yeah. Do you wanna do you wanna just give us maybe some parting thoughts? Any any uh, pieces of advice you wanna leave with us? Yes, that's good. One thing I live with now, so I'm 27 now. Uh, the biggest mantra I live with right now is you don't get your 20s back. What I mean by that is I wouldn't take anything back. If I had to start over and do it all again, I'd do exactly everything I would. As far as working those 14-hour shifts at moving companies so I can, like, pay the rent so I can go to summer workouts, traveling to another country, getting told no, because I've learned so much and I've done so much for that to set me up mentally for the future. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. everything I've done so far, I was not taken for anything granted. So what I mean by you don't get your 20s back is, like, sleep on those couches, um, email 15, um, 50 people a day, um, self-education, sacrificing friendships, relationships, eating crap food. Like, cause to, if you know what your why is and like, you're young, you're not going to get this time back. If you have like children or marriage or basically big responsibilities, like you're not going to get this time when you're 30 or 40 and 50. So sacrifice and do everything you need to do in your twenties. Cause you have the energy, you have the time you have the youthfulness and, uh, that's one of the biggest things I want to exhaust my 20s. Another thing is, like, we only live once. So, like, whatever your plan A is, just focus on that. Because if you work something you don't want to do or passion, God forbid, if you pass on Friday, they'll find somebody Monday. 
So um, live a life that you want to live and, and just sacrifice. Because not only are you just sacrificing, but you're sacrificing for yourself. And nobody in the world is going to ever sacrifice for your goals and your dreams. Awesome. And one thing I did learn, uh, one more thing is I learned meeting with Gary B. Um, it's like, you've got time. A lot of things were like, uh, time's so short. But it's like, it is, but it really isn't at the same time. You know what okay. I mean? Because I, I can't remember how long ago, 27 years ago was. Like, that was a long time ago. I don't care what anybody says. You know? <laughs> and like, we put such of this stigma of before I'm 30, before I'm 25, before I'm 21, I need to do this. And like, the internet rushes us, but it's like, we have time. So like really taking the time to figure out yourself first. And that, that is the biggest key. Cause you can't maneuver and do all these things if you're not right internally first. So those would be my, my key pointers. Absolutely. I think, I think those are some very wise words. We appreciate it, man. Thank you Thank so you. much. Do you real quick, Marcus, do you have any uh, social media links or any uh, website links you want to shout out? Yeah, so I have Instagram, which is Marcus T. Peterson, so M-A-R-C-U-S-T as in Timothy Peterson. Uh, also, my apparel brand, which is uh, MP Motivational Apparel, and also Facebook, LinkedIn, Google, Marcus Peterson. Awesome. Marcus, thank you so much for joining us, man. We'd love to have you back sometime. Thank, thank you, guys. You. We really appreciate, appreciate it. All right. Before we wrap it up, do you guys want to uh, do a little draft? Yeah, let's go. Let's run it. All right. So today's draft, we're going to actually draft cereals. So I'm going to randomize the list right now. The order is Stevie is Miles. So Stevie, I think we said we're going to do three rounds. If we want to add a fourth round at the end, we could always do that. But let's let's start with three. Stevie, you're up. Oh, wow. First overall. First overall, 101. All right. It's a lot of pressure here. I'm gonna have to go Fruit Loops. Oh, all right. Um, so now my turn. I'm gonna go with um, Lucky Charms. I say Lucky <sighs> because of how versatile they are. They're so versatile. You could you could have them. You could get them to be healthy if you just take the marshmallows out. Yep, and you also <laughs> can make Rice Krispie treats out of them, and they're the best Rice Krispie treats in the world. So give me you, those. Lucky. You killed that pick. You killed that pick. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna. Definitely take Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Nice. Baby, love that. And, oh, God, I wanted Lucky Charms so badly. <laughs> I'm going to... I was actually thinking Lucky Charms first overall. I was, it was between Fruit Loops and Lucky, Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms is so good. Yeah. I'm going to take Fruity Pebbles. Fruity Pebbles. All right. Are you a guy that likes soggy cereal at the end? I, I love soggy cereal. I love I love colorful milk at the end, too. Is. <laughs> <laughs> all right so i'm up um i'm gonna go i think i'm gonna save this one because i don't think you guys are gonna pick it so i'm gonna say tricks tricks all right Solid. has Solid. to be has to be the tricks for when they had the shapes not the, like the circle ones like what right. old school like shapes yeah no, i got you what so, shapes did they have you know it's like the like the shapes of the fruit you know i you remember that you don't remember that? Not really. <laughs> See, this is what I mean. They had Dude, the circles for too long. I did they not. The shapes. I did not have a lot of sugary cereal as a kid. Every anytime I went on vacation with my family, I I looked forward to it because my mom always brought those small travel size pouches of the <laughs> of the cereal, and that was the only time that I had sugary cereal. <laughs> I've been a bad eater my whole life, so. So I'm I'm rounding it out here. Well, rounding mine out here, right? Yeah, you get two. 
Okay. One, I'm going honeycomb. Oh, wow. Honeycomb is delicious. Delicious. Very underrated. They, I mean, they don't advertise anymore, which is ridiculous. Their, their commercials were awesome. Everything about it is awesome. It's just delicious. I could eat it out of the box, no milk, whatever. Number two for me here, I, I think I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go Cocoa Puffs. Yeah, that's a good pick. I'm honestly surprised Cocoa Puffs got to the third. Yeah. yeah. I don't like chocolate. I don't, I'm not a big chocolate guy, so, like, just having fucking Cocoa Puffs is too much for me. But I'm not putting it on my list, but I would do, I do like Reese's Puffs a lot. Reese's Puffs are oh, I was fabulous. Thank you about taking them, so good thing you're not. It's a good thing because I, I I can't put them in my top three. No, 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 sir. I'm gonna go Captain Crunch Berries for number three. Captain Ooh. Crunch is so good, and I can't believe I forgot about Captain Crunch. The Captain Crunch in the Munchies bag is that? What, yeah. 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 Though for some reason that Captain Crunch is the best Captain Crunch. Oh, it is. It's because it's because you take you take a handful out, and then it's like all like Cheetos and like all other. <laughs> And they're like, oh, damn. Like, and they put it in your mouth. And they're like, oh, what is that? It's like, oh, yeah, it's Captain Crunch. Yeah, it's like sweet yeah. and salty. All right, yeah. I can get with this. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good pick is. So I got Fruity Pebbles, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Oof. I'm torn here because part of me wants to go super sweet. And part of me wants to get something a little less sweet given that I already have two sweet things. Mm-hmm. You think like a Honey Nut Cheerios or something? I'm actually thinking, and I'm going to draft corn puffs. Corn puffs. Corn puffs. Wait. Oh, good. Corn puffs. Are those the same thing as pops? Uh, I don't. I don't think I know what pops are. Pops are kind of. It's like the like no nothing on the inside. They're hollow. Yeah. But corn pop like corn puffs were like. It's like the probably like the off brand of them. Corn puffs so good. <laughs> we can definitely do a fourth round, but it's up to you guys. So I'm ready. Down. I got down. my. So. All right, then. My next pick is Cookie Crisp. Oh. <laughs> I'm not even gonna hesitate on this fourth one because I'm gonna say Apple Jacks. Nice. That's a good pick. You oh, you killed man. this draft, is those. I definitely did this with my choice. knowing I'm gonna win this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Those are two, uh, those are two legends right there. I, I was, I was gonna take Cookie Crisp. All right, Cookie Crisp is dessert, basically. It's, it's, it's not, just it's not breakfast. It's just cookies. It, it's just cookies. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally cookies. cookies. Um, I'll go original Cheerios then. Just regular Sick Cheerios. You gotta, oh, no I'm one not. took Frosted Flakes. Oh my God. Nobody took Frosted Flakes. Frosted Flakes are a little too sweet for me, I'll be honest. A little, little too sweet. I put sugar in my Frosted Flakes. <laughs> That's... Not sweet enough for it. It's excessive. Did we, did we miss any? Did we miss any good ones? Miles, I'm not they lying. They do? They make Sour Pat cereal. Look, That's who has gross. It's disgusting. That's never gross. <laughs> my moral... I, from my morals, I will not try Sour Pat cereal. No way. I will not put milk in Sour Patch. No. no. There's no way that's good. Can't be good. Right, we what? missed uh, we missed Rice Krispies. Rice Krispies, oh my god! Snap Crackle Pop, baby. I wasn't we a Krispies and cereal guy, but I I love listening to it. I honestly do. That's the best part of it. That was the cool part. And then, yeah. but like I said, it's soggy cereal after a second. It's very soggy cereal. Count Chocula. That's Count not really, Chocula. Raisin really Bran. Good. 
Yeah, we, <laughs> we, we did miss Raisin Bran. Right? <laughs> we missed Bootios. Bootios, you're right. Isn't that WWE? Uh, those who are those guys? <laughs> uh, let me look that up real quick. I don't even know what that is. I've never heard that in my life. It's just these guys, these wrestlers. I, I don't even know what I don't even know what the deal is. It's like all marshmallows too. <laughs> there's um there's Wheaties. We didn't say Wheaties. 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 Yeah, it's the three wrestlers. It's like um Is Kofi Kingston one of them? Kofi Kingston's one of them. I'm looking at him right now. I know Kofi Kofi Kingston just became the champion. Um Big E, Kofi Kingston, and Xavier Woods. That's it. Oh, Xavier Woods, I remember him. Have you ever had chocolate toast crunch? Sounds great. No. Oh, frosted mini wheats. Yeah, frosted mini wheats. Yeah. Those are really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the best healthy cereal for sure. I feel yeah, like those yeah. are fighting as a cardboard. Yeah. <laughs> Fla- but it, flavored cardboard. <laughs> but it's healthy. <laughs> All right. Do you guys want to run through uh, our teams? Stevie, yeah. you're first. All right. So I got Fruit Loops, Honeycomb, Cocoa Puffs, and Cheerios. So it's Tricks. Apple Jacks, Captain Crunch, and wow, oh my god. Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms. So Lucky Charms, Tricks, Apple Jacks. Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch. Wow. I keep working. <laughs> I'm done. All right. I got I got Fruity Pebbles, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cookie Crisp. Cookie Crisp and Corn Puffs. Yeah. Alright, that'll do it for today's show. You can vote for who you thought won that draft. Um, we'll post that on Twitter, at It's The Crossover. Um, you can check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Crossover, Instagram at The Crossover, and our website, it's thecrossover.com. That's I-T-S-T-H-E-C-R-O-S-S-O-V-R.com. Thank you so much to Marcus Peterson. Um, thought that was a really awesome conversation. Looking forward to hopefully talking to him soon. Anything else to add, you guys? Take this out cereals, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Peace out. out.